show up at Chris Roth's door and be like, suck it, Roth. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my next fresh point. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to episode 111 of the Erasable Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Indefensive Paper, making high-quality notebooks sourced and manufactured in the U.S. Visit indefensivepaper.com slash erasable to check them out and use the coupon code erasable to save $5 off your purchase. I'm Andy Welfley, and I'm heading up this international broadcast from the West Coast of the United States. And I'm joined by Johnny Gamber on the East Coast. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Andy. Yeah. So uh, pretty good. I'm uh, it's wrapping up my day here. So I'm drinking my, my green tea and getting ready to go home. Um, nice. Yeah. So um, it's international, not right now, um, but eventually we're going to be joined by Noah Beer. Um, he's a designer at Brahman Designs, and they make a little sharpener called the Hovel, which is a little like pencil plane, and he's in the UK. So he'll be joining us later to talk about product design and sharpening tips for this thing because it is hard to master. Um, I think we've, Johnny, we've mentioned this on the show before, right? The Hovel? I think so. Yeah. Me in passing, it was one of those things where I looked at it and I'm like, I am not going to use that without losing a finger. Yeah. So <laughs> stop lusting after it. <laughs> so uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, he'll also have a discount code for you as an erasable listener uh, in case you want one of your own. So, yeah, let's jump into uh, tools of the trade. Um, Johnny, what is your what are the, what is your consumables today? So um, it's all sunny stuff. I've just finished this giant book called The Noonday Demon, An Atlas of Depression, which speaks for itself. <laughs> and then a book that the author recommended called Undercurrents, which is a book that a therapist wrote about her journey through depression and The Handmaid's Tale, Volume 2. So, like, I think this is our episode from Season 2. This yeah. is all, like, working together to uh, undermine the smile you want to keep on your face in the middle of the winter. Yeah. So I'm telling myself I have to read something a little more cheerful next. But, um, <laughs> you know, if you're interested in those topics, the uh, the Noonday Demon was not a depressing book, even though it was like a 600-page book about depression. It was really, really good, really yeah. interesting. You know, everybody knows someone who suffers from depression if they don't themselves. Yeah. So that was cool. And Handmaid's Tale Season 2 was awesome, but I think everybody's seen it but me. So it's not so much a recommendation. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, Frankie won't watch it, so I have to watch it like when the time that she's asleep on the couch or something. Yeah. It just seems a little like I'm really interested to know too. I haven't watched the second season, but I read the book, and it seems like it's it's like continuing on with the book, right? Like it's not they yeah. they're getting away from the text. So I I read the book pretty close to when I saw season one, and I couldn't remember um, what happened in the book and what happened on the show, so I had to watch season one again. Which is, you know, kind of painful. Some of it's hard to watch. Yeah. And I hear um, that Margaret Atwood's working on a sequel. And it'll be interesting to see if she sort of like follows, you know, with the show or if she's going to go and like, she's going to like split the the universe. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. And I didn't know that she had a cameo in season one. She was in the uh, Red Center. Oh, I missed that. Background. Huh. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That's going to be satisfying. I'm like, hey, here's my really famous book. Now it's a show and I get to be on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And um, so I am writing with a Blackwing Volume 4, which I have sharpened on a hovel. 
and it has the point, eh, it's been an inch and a half long from the bottom of the collar to the tip. It's pretty awesome and beautiful, and I'm afraid to use it. <laughs> and um, a Field Notes uh, ROMs edition because it's very wintry looking. Yeah. I love that like o- off white cover on the. Uh, it's, it gets so dirty. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> it's good while you know it's good while Bisabi though. Let let it go. Yeah. What am I doing? Um, in the middle of watching um, season two of Atlanta, which is um, that Donald Glover show. Um, I think I've talked about it here before. Have you seen this, Johnny? No, it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu. I think. I think so. Yeah, and it's a it's an FX show, and I wouldn't. It's like kind of a comedy, kind of a drama, um, kind of both, kind of neither. It's hard to describe, but um, it follows the life of like you know some rappers in Atlanta, and um, this this season is is interesting because it's a lot more like it's both more like political than the first season. It's also a little bit more experimental. Like they cover some like themes of racism and education and in the South. Um, but they also, um, they have like these special episodes for different characters and there's, yeah, there's some really interesting episodes. It's a really good show. Cool. Um, yeah. And there's this other, there's a book that I've just started to read. Um, it's called letting go with the the word, excuse me, letting go of the words. Um, and it's, it's really, it's a, a, it's a book about writing, writing for the web. Um, it's kind of like an old, um, kind of like nominal text for, um, writing for websites or for search engine optimization or for social media. And as I try to write this, this book, that's about, um, you know, writing specifically for products, I'm just trying to get a better sense of like what else exists out there. So it's kind of an old book, but it's, it's pretty good. And it's definitely like not something most people cares about or should care about. So <laughs> it's not really a recommendation for anybody else to read it, but that's what I'm reading right now. Awesome. Yeah. And that I just, sounds really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is really good. Like if you, if you ever find yourself doing any copywriting or, um, just wanting specifically to write, write for a very like uniform style, um, for the web, it's a, it's just has, covers some really good basics. Um, and actually I'm, Writing with some just kind of boring, just a Blackwing 602 in my Baron Vig notebook because I, um, yeah, just didn't like grab anything interesting today. This is just my my usual. Are you going to put it through the hovel later? Oh, God. <laughs> I will talk about this, but I am really bad at it. I have not figured out the technique yet, so I'm hoping that Noah can give us some good, some good insight into that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that is that is tools of the trade. Should we go into fresh points? Absolutely. What do you what do you have uh, What do you have this time around? Um, only a couple. So, um, field notes. I've, if I understand this right, somehow they got to the point where you could. Um, we talked about this briefly last time. Get you could make suggestions for spring. Mm. So they narrowed it down to three. Yeah. Um, one was. Highways, which doesn't sound that interesting. Um, birds, which sounds kind of interesting. And then the other one was just an old-fashioned colors edition, yeah, which sounds awesome. So and I it, hope that they go with that. That would be really cool. Is that what you voted for? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's funny because I, I, vote, I voted for the highways one. 
Really? <laughs> yeah, it it felt like I really love America the Beautiful, and the Highways one really felt like that to me. Oh, yeah, I didn't think of it that way. So I, like, obvious, right. obviously whatever, like, their implementation is is different. But I also, re- I also really like the Birds ones, but I felt like Field Notes, the people who, like, the, it seems to me like they would care more about sort of that, like, Americana of the highway systems and would be really interested in that. So that, to me, felt like very on like the most on brand for field notes but honestly a colors edition would be amazing too like if they if they had some like just a simple like grass stained green-esque edition that would be awesome right yeah i mean that's what everybody or not everybody that's what lots of people really got into in the beginning yeah it's like hey here's a seasonal color yeah it's funny we we talked about this before um i think but that's one reason why i didn't like the colors editions didn't interest me at first. Like, even though I knew full well about like butcher blue, butcher orange, grass stained green, like I didn't really get into it because I didn't, it's like, I really like the original color the best. I don't really need these other colors. And now I'm of course kicking myself. <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they did something a lot with um, that offset, is it called offset printing that they did with the, um, Oh yeah. Like, like beautiful. That, that could be awesome. Yeah. Like, like with those like half tones that they use in it. Half drawn, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they believe it or not, they didn't take my American philosophy suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> what they what would be cool is if they did like the three oldest zoos in the country because we are third. That would be pretty neat. Oh I mean, really? That would only be neat to me and like my kids, but I, I don't know what you would do if they had like a Baltimore specific field notes. I think you would just like buy all <laughs> of them. Like put thousands of dollars into field notes. I would walk to uh chicago with a grocery cart and just like fill it, <laughs> fill it up <laughs> walk back <laughs> show up Maybe at they, Cr- chris roth's door and be like fun. suck it roth <laughs> so that's my next fresh point <laughs> <laughs> suck so, it um, roth yeah i think we talked about their meeting notebook from write notepads and um the uh planner they have like a landscape planner which i don't have but I don't know how much my bullet journaling is going to keep, so I might wind up getting one of those. But um, they have this meeting book that's, I guess, like 7 by 10 with a spiral on the side that is sort of organized for meetings. But yeah. also, I don't know how to describe it well. I don't have it right in front of me, but it's, it's really, really cool. I don't mm-hmm. have any meetings. But um, <laughs> they, they asked me to give one to Frankie and see what she thinks. She has many, many meetings. But yeah. um, the newest thing they have, which is really exciting, is the landscape notebook, which mm-hmm. is um, it's sort of the same size, but it's sideways, and the binding is at the top. So you use it like a steno pad, but the di- dimensions are the other way. What um, it has, like, insane, beautiful paper. Yeah. It's gorgeous looking. Um, I, need to, I need to pick one up. Um, the pistachio is so, oh, my God. Yeah. Person. So on the website, it looks kind of, I don't know, a little more green than it does when you have it in your hands. What What do you use those landscape notebooks for? Um, I just got it, so I didn't start using it for anything okay. yet, but um, that might be for like longer writing projects. Hmm. So um, they, you know, they print on both sides and there's a margin at the top. Yeah. So they don't want you to open it and then, you know, write on the top page upside down, just like flip it around and the backing of it's really heavy so you could like totally use this on your lap with nothing under it like, it reminds me uh, a, it reminds me a little bit of those um 
Oh, the Pano books that uh, Studio Neat put out? I can't are, remember what those look like. Are you familiar? They're, they're, um, that's specifically like they kind of made it for like web designers and like UX designers, but um, it's about the same size as like your like your computer keyboard and they made it to kind of like fit right there. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. If you look, um, if you Google Pano book, but I mean, it's different. They don't, they don't have a spiral at the top like that, but it's very like landscape oriented. Yeah, they've, um, oh, I'm, here it is. Yeah, it's much less green in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but the they did something different with the spiral. Instead of that bronze, it's like a matte black spiral. So pretty. Mm. Like, I'm really excited to like tear this notebook up or try to tear this notebook up. Yeah. Um, and if, Folks are. I think I put this in the Facebook group. There's, well, there's a store in Baltimore that's called like Made in Baltimore. Very creative. But um, <laughs> uh, John and Chris are doing a talk down there next Wednesday. I think it's six. Oh, cool. Thirtieth. So I'm gonna try to make it if I can get out of a doctor's appointment. What are they talking about? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't read the email that closely. I was just like, oh, I mean, I would watch them them go talk about most things. Yeah, and it's in a it's in a really cool part of town. It's in Station North. It's like our nationally recognized art district. Hmm. It's more like you can walk to some very good coffee shops from there. <laughs> the the, the mark of any good art district. Yeah, coffee shops relation. Yeah, I agree with that. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, so my last fresh point is that this was also in our group. There are two new pencils that are at Walmart. One is um, a rebranded version of the Murado. The Papermate Everstrong. Everstrong. And they brag about the lead being brake resistant. <laughs> Just give it so, to give it to Charlotte and see if see if it is. Oh man, and Rosie would be the, the big time. Oh yeah, Rosie would. They look, you know they look good. The the last few. Packs of Murados I had. While it's very disappointing, they're not made in America and they're not cedar. They're really nice. The finish is great. The core writes really nicely. If if these are just that with a different brand, that that's pretty cool. I can dig it. What do they look Plus like? They, they um, they're like a gold. They look like a harvest from Musgrave. They're that yellow with a um, burgundy band on the ferrule and a pinky racer. Hmm. I have to get a picture of these. And um, everybody's favorite extruded pencil. The Bic Evolution. Ooh. Um, so they've been in, in Europe for a few years. They've had one where the quote-unquote wood is black and the outside is silver. So now they sell them at Walmart. Hmm. And like, you know, everybody hates Bic pencils, but I like them. They have, they're useful for some stuff, like really rough paper or um, children. <laughs> they got to be better than the extra fun. Like uh, I... They're the same thing. Oh, it's the same extra fun. <laughs> you know fun. what? I, I, I don't think they're as flexible. I think they, they screwed with the formula a little bit. Yeah. I but, um, They have that same faint, faint right. I love the look of the... The extra fun to me looks like the most modern equivalent of a Yikes pencil. Like, I love that plastic ferrule, but, oh, God, I just can't... I can't do it. <laughs> I can't write with it. <laughs> yeah, these have um, a ferrule that actually looks like it came from the same factory as the, um, the Wopexes that have an eraser. Oh. It's like a really nice, tight feral. Huh. Yeah, I bought two packs. If you want some, I'll totally send you some. Yeah, wouldn't mind. And they're made in France, which is kind of romantic. Yeah. Good old Bic. 
Yeah, so um, and if you do go looking for them, they're not with the office supplies. They're with like somehow seasonal stuff near the toys. Which, Interesting. You know, I had to go check out the Legos. Like so really, I, really early back to school. Yeah, I'm like, God, it's getting worse every year. Oh, they did have Easter eggs out already, and Easter is very late this year. Yeah, this was last week. Ooh. Did I? Did I tell you that I I bought a Lego set for the first time in a long time? Does it bring back memories? Oh yeah. Well, I bought the uh, architecture set. There's a San Francisco skyline one now. Oh yeah, those are cool. Yeah, and I I haven't put it together yet because I've been so busy getting Plabaga ready to go that like I haven't. This this will be my like after I sent out the last issue treat. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Legos are so awesome. Yeah. You know, now you look back at all the <clears throat> the sets you had when you were little and kick yourself like oh, I should have kept that. Oh yeah, I had some of those vintage like Space Guy Lego sets that were super cool. Space Team, yeah, I think it was called Space Force. Oh, those were awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna go look those up on a website later. Go down memory lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are all my fresh points. Yeah, I um don't have a lot. Um, I guess I should probably kind of do what I've been doing lately and just give some quick Plumbago updates um, in that um, I'm trying to remember what happened last time. I think I had sent the file off to the printer and I have now gotten them back and they're gorgeous. Um, They tried a a new machine at our printer where um, they print and then fold and then staple and then cut all in the same machine, which is interesting. Can Um, you watch it? I next time I'm going to see if I can because cool. that sounds fascinating. I wonder if it's interesting to watch. But um, it's uh, the 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 drawback to that is that it, they have to use this specific card paper stock. So it is um, an uncoated matte stock, which is very much like a, a magazine page. Ooh, so think cool. like less glossy but still coated stock, and it's gorgeous. And it just really makes the black and white photos on the pages just pop, and the cover the cover like the color on the covers really look amazing. Um, but one side effect of it is it's really heavy. Um, like, so even though it's less, um, what am I trying to say? There are less pages than previously. Like these are only like 36 pages instead of like 50 pages. Um, it's like almost as heavy. So it's a really heavy paper. Um, which makes it uh, changes kind of the price around of like shipping it because it's kind of based on weight. So I'm like re-engineering that, but um, I am getting things sent out. I already just today mailed um, if, if anybody bought just one issue and they live in the U S your, your, uh, your plumbag goes on their way. And if you are a contributor or if you're Johnny and Tim, uh, your (laughs) plumbag goes on your way. And then tomorrow I'm going to be sending out people who have ordered, two or more and then also people who have ordered uh multiple things so like plumbago five and four and you know that kind of a thing um and then also international orders so those are due out by the end of the week maybe slightly into next week if i don't get to a post office in time tomorrow so Ooh, i'm gonna um, start stocking my mailbox yeah and and when i say uh when i say tomorrow uh we're recording this on thursday january 24th so by tomorrow i mean friday Jeez, yeah. a week left in this month. Yeah. Um, did I say February? I meant January. I don't know what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know words. Um, I also want to mention, uh, speaking of Plumbago, um, I 
thought it would be good to mention Meredith Miyaki, who um, is our friend from CW Pencils. Um, she was on an episode. Uh, she and Caroline were on a little bit ago. Um, but she's also a really talented illustrator and did the cover of Plumbago. Um, and she uh, recently left CW Pencils and is concentrating full-time on illustration work. So uh, I just wanted to give her a little plug here just in case there's anybody who doesn't know about her. She does incredible work. And I speak from experience in saying that she's really great to work with. Um, and yeah, if you want to hit her up for work, she is at M-L-M-I-O-T-K-E-M-L-M-I-O-T-K-E-M-L-M-I-O-T-K-E-M-L-M-I-O-T-K-E-M-L-M-I-O-T-K-E-M-L-M-I-O-T-K-E-M-L-
Two dollars for shipping? Uh, with two ninety five, they knock off five percent if you buy two packs. Nice. Yes. Bear yes, and Fig. Sir. Both Bear and Fig and CW Pencils and Write Notepads has Apple Pay, which is the Apple version of Android Pay, and it's like dangerously easy to pay because it it enters in your address and like your credit card information just kind of automatically. And I have definitely impulse bought via Apple Pay too way too often. Uh, actually, you can buy Plumbago via Apple Pay too if you wanted to. Oh, cool! Yeah, and PayPal. Here it is. It's a uh, seventeen ten for the notebooks, so it's twenty dollars and five cents. Wow! Tell them we tell them we sent you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should do it. We should do the affiliate thing, but I I don't like doing that. You know where it's like if you use this code, you can get ten dollars off or whatever. Oh yeah, I forgot. I always forget that exists. Yeah. Cool. All right, we should uh, we should probably get um, get no on the phone. But before we do that, do you want to tell us about uh, tell us about a notebook you like? Absolutely. So we've talked before about indefensive paper. They make really really nice notebooks that are sourced in the United States, and they pay a lot of attention to their detail. But um, today I was looking at their website because I was getting the link for our show notes, and they've got all of this new information on there. So. You know, there are a lot of notebook companies that tell you, you know, exactly what paper is used, but they tell you what paper is used and why they use that weight, why they use a vellum finish, why they go for the shade of white that they have. So, like, I, I appreciate those details because, you know, we're going to nerd out on that stuff. Yeah. So that's super awesome. Um, we've talked about what the notebooks look like before. They're blank on one side, and then on the other side, you can choose dot grid or lined. Uh, and uh, they come in three colors, but they open really flat because the spine is exposed. But they're still stiff enough that you can write with them on your lap. So they're really nice notebooks. And also, like if you get a little, I don't know, don't throw around the term OCD, but if you're a little particular about your notebooks, there's no cover overhang at all. Everything is perfectly lined up, and I really appreciate that. Hmm. It wasn't like a fluke thing. This is how they make their notebooks. So... They're offering our listeners a $5 discount on a purchase. You can just head over to indefensivepaper.com slash erasable and then use the code erasable to save five bucks off of your notebook, which is excellent. And they also, I should mention, come in a cool little box when yeah. they get shipped. But And the box is also the mailer, so they use a lot less shipping materials, which goes in line with a lot of their um, environmental philosophy. So that's super awesome. Thank you for sponsoring us. and. Um. Yeah. Seth, tell them we sent you. Also, nice. Very cool. All right. So yeah, let's uh, let's get um, knowing the line, and we'll jump into our main topic. All right. So maybe you've seen photos of what looks like a tiny plane for sharpening pencils on Instagram, and wondered what it is. Or maybe you're interested in learning to sharpen with a blade, but don't want to lose a finger. Or maybe you just said to yourself, self, I love sharpening wooden pencils, but I'm afraid a regular sharpener is just too darn easy. In any case, we are lucky to be joined tonight, straight from London, uh, by Noah Beers of Brahman Design. Hi, Noah. How's it going? Hi. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. Very good. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Excellent. So, Noah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and what kind of work you do? So, I uh, was born and I've grown up in London. Um, I've never lived anywhere else, uh, and I'm ingrained with the city. Um, when I was younger, I thought I wanted to be an artist, so I did a lot of drawing, sketching, 
Um, and I felt that sort of other sort of um, careers or jobs or the future was going to be more creative. Um, I kind of came to the conclusion that uh, I didn't want to be an artist. I didn't feel like I had a strong message to tell the world, but I still wanted to be making things. So I uh, went and studied product design, um, which has led me to where I am now, which is working with two other guys uh, in a design studio called Brahman Design. Hmm. where we try and design products which last a lifetime. Very cool. Excellent. So we ask all of our guests this, of course. So what got you interested in pencils? Uh, what got me interested in pencils was using them to draw initially. Hmm. Um, I kind of would be given them every year for my birthday or at Christmas time. And I kind of thought they were all the same. And I realized eventually that some were nicer than others and why they were. Um, and then during my degree studying product design, I'd be using pencils and I would have these moments where I'd be sketching ideas and then I'd go and sharpen my pencil. Um, and I'd realized that the pencil wasn't matching up to uh, what I was working on. So I kind of had to think about this and I saw that there were some really nice mechanical pencils out there and um and then i kind of found that there are also a massive um scene and community of beautiful pencils um uh, and that's kind of how i got interested in it that's cool yeah i i love that story i feel like it's it's so common like people people start using pencils as just like purely a utilitarian device right they're all the same you know they're nothing special or nothing you know they're just they're just super common, and then you know they they try out a really nice pencil, and it's like wow, this is this is markedly nicer than that than those other pencils. So yeah, um, yeah, it seems like that's a that's a really good kind of journey to to pencils. Um, but uh, besides the bevel, which we'll talk about here in a minute, um, what's your background or your specialty in product design? Are you more physical products or digital products? Something different? Um, I'm certainly more in the physical. Um, I don't really have a mind for things that I can't see or touch. Mm. Um, I really enjoy making things. Um, I'm the sort of designer that would much prefer to be in a, in a complete need for doing computer aided design. Mm -hmm. But when you can pick things up and try them out and make them really quickly and break them apart. And, uh, I feel that that's definitely my background, but uh, cool. with, in regard to what I've made before, it's not very much. Uh, we've uh, this was our first thing we've put a sort of sort of done outs out of university hmm. um, and um, it's going quite well for what it is but we've learned a lot along the way um, and uh, we're very happy with, with what the hovel is at the moment very cool awesome. so um, you know it's no El Casco it's not $400 or anything but the hovel is not cheap and um, you know at first it's hard to see what advantages it would have over a regular, you know, just even a handheld brass pencil sharpener. What do you think is the main advantage or advantages to the Hubble? There are a few advantages to it. Um, the major one uh, is the ability to easily change the blades. So often you can get mm. nice sharpeners like duck sharpener, but you need a little, tiny little screwdriver. Uh, to change the blade and we thought that this was quite an issue because you'd often be drawing in class or at your desk or writing in a journal um, and 
you'd be sharpening your pencil and it would break and you'd want to change the blade. Um, so we wanted a sharpener which uh, could easily have the blades change because this was often the reason why sharpeners weren't sharpening a pencil but in fact breaking them. Um, we also thought that the design allows you to really craft your, your points. Um, you can get really long points, really short points with it. Hmm. It just depends on the angle that you're holding it at. Um, we also felt that because of its uh, tactile nature, it's something where you really take your time over. So it gives you a little break um, from what you're working on to sharpen your pencil and regroup your thoughts. Nice. Yeah. I love the little um, oh, knurled knob on the top that you use to tighten and loosen the blade up. I think that's a good that's a good addition to it. Because like you said, sometimes, yeah, like those little tiny screwdrivers are hard to <laughs> hard to use and carry around. Yeah. Yeah. It's also that we found that a lot of people that like pencils, they might have a bit of an issue with a tiny screwdriver being able to either source it or just use one. Yeah. We want something that literally anyone um, is able to play with or move around. Nice. Um, what... So being in product design, um, I'm sure you've gone through some research and some testing and some prototypes. Um, what was your process like for developing this thing? So we had to think about different ways you can sharpen your pencil. Um, and the three of us had experience and enjoyed time in the workshop, in a wood workshop. And we thought that some of this uh, practice could be used uh, when sharpening pencils. So we went through an iterative process of um, 3D printing um, mm. little block planes. Um, and a block plane is a um, woodworking tool which you use to plane down layers of wood so that it's smoother for working with. Um, and we thought that this could be really good for a pencil because pencil obviously is, well, is usually made of wood um, and, is, and can be held in a way that uh, gives you an ability to change an angle. So with a normal sharpener, you twist your pencil in and the blade is fixed. Um, and we want something that was different, that gives you a bit more connection to what you're doing. Um, so we 3D printed different sizes, different shapes, um, to basically find what sort of um, fits between your thumb and index finger would work best. Hmm. And then we sort of played around with this and tried to work out which angle was best. Um, and we went through a load of prototypes trying it out in different materials um, and we've now come to what you see today as the hobble. That's cool. Awesome. Um, did you go through a lot of prototypes? Uh, yes. You sort sorry. of got the, I'm sorry, the, um, you know, the idea to use brass. Um, we were quite set on brass from the start. Um, we'd obviously seen a lot of um, old tools and uh, things like that that were made in brass and a lot of nice um, stationary things that were using brass. So we thought it would be the perfect tool because we wanted something that would last um, and it's incredibly strong um, and also isn't so precious that you don't want to drop it. Um, we want something that when you drop it, it becomes a memory um, uh, rather than a um, disappointment. Mm -hmm. um, so like the brass, idea. yeah, we were really inspired by things like um, Zippo lighters, where you keep it forever and you polish it up, um, and it doesn't—you don't really need to be too precious with it, um, but it builds like a very sentimental part of your, your life, basically. 
I do like the comparison to the Zippo lighter because it's like I I would say it probably is about the same size and weighs about the same. It feels really good kind of when you're holding it in your hand. I I do like do like that a lot. Yeah, and, and you we, you want to be able to maintain it um, like a Zippo. And uh, we have an idea that, that the hovel is going to be a, a future antique so that you pass it on down generations and and um, it's, cool. uh, it's a thing that sits in your desk and is passed on, um, yeah. which you see with a lot of Zippos. Um, and obviously they've become very personal. So some people will be using their hovels for, for drawing or some of them may be using it um, for... Um, I don't know, little bits of woodwork. They're using a carpenter's pencil. And it's the same sort of thing with a Zippo. Some people use, people use them for lots of different things. Yeah. So what are some design and manufacturing considerations that, um, you know, we we users may not even think about that you went through? Maybe something, you know, just the angle or like the material or something that, you know, wouldn't even occur to us that you were thinking a lot about? Um. I think it would be probably the size. So you'd want it to be able to um, plane off layers of your pencil without you really touching the point. So if you touch the point, you might end up scratching yourself, <laughs> uh-huh. dabbing yourself. So it had to be sort of big enough that it fits um, between your fingers as well yeah, and not too heavy. Um, so we could sort of played around with the sort of width um, and we want something to be that's also, you knew that it was in your pocket if it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to play around with that. Um, the <laughs> other sort of things we played around were uh, whether you could, um, how you would put the blade inside. So if you guys have noticed, there's a tiny little magnet. Yeah, that's uh, genius. Yeah, so initially we'd been placing this magnet in. Sorry, we've been placing the blade into the into the clamp and screwing it in, um, and it took us a bit of time to realise that, that this was going to be really difficult for some people, um, and it was even difficult for slipping out. So a tiny magnet works really well um, because it means that you can still use it with any sort of blade, um, because most of the blades are steel, um, and it makes it a lot easier to use. So, you know, with the the magnet and the materials and the shape and the size. This sounds like a really, really complicated process. What was the most difficult part of bringing the Hovel to the market? The most difficult part was um, getting it out to people. So even though that we'd found these beautiful pencils, we didn't even really know that that the Erasable podcast, the Erasable community sort of existed. We were sort of lone loan stationary um stationary addicts um so we thought that we couldn't really yeah so um we had to think of a way to get it out there even though it's such an analog and physical product we felt that um putting it online would be best so the biggest issue probably had was getting that traction through kickstarter um which was such a great platform for us but um difficult way to first get it out there um, because it was so new to us um, as a uh, as a site and a process, hmm. but once you get it on there and you get get the support and you get the backing, um, really enables you to take the next steps in in getting it produced more and getting it into stores and um, getting a name out there. 
Yeah. I feel like Kickstarter is so good for stationary. Like, you know, that was kind of the the Baron Fig um, origin story. They put the confidant on Kickstarter and really launched it. And I, I know that there's a bunch of um, like custom pens, like custom machine pens that go through Kickstarter. I feel like Brad Dowdy on the Pen Addict um, talks about like a like a new pen Kickstarter like every week, it seems like. So that seems like the perfect way to, to kind of go, go through this. How long ago was that? Was your Kickstarter? Um, that was a year and a half ago. Okay. I remember, uh, I remember that, but I don't, yeah, I couldn't remember when. Yeah, we were, we, we kind of, um, were taken aback at how, how well it did. Yeah. Um, and then we had some issues initially with our production. Um, and it was quite a funny story because Ben and Odin, um, my two partners, they, they were running the Kickstarter basically. Mm-hmm. And I was helping on the side and they, received the first batch of hovels um, and Ben had headed home um, to California and Odin was going on holiday um, the day that they came and we knew that we had to get them out to um, the back as soon as we could so they called me up um, and said <laughs> Noah get in here need your help with this <laughs> yeah and um, that was sort of my introduction to um, to the brand properly yeah um, because they needed someone on the ground and and then after we shipped them all out, we got all these happy responses. Nice. I asked them what's next. Um, and now we're here today. Yeah. Writing some new stuff. Um, so the Hubble is way different than any pencil sharpener I have used, even, you know, a pocket knife. Because, you know, it's like if someone unrolled a manual pencil sharpener and there's the blade, but you don't spin the pencil, you roll the or sort of um, glide the pencil against it. So hmm. could you sort of take us through how to actually use it and maybe even include some tips for mastering this cool little device. Sure. Um, so I would say that you're not the first person to, um, found a little bit difficult, but, um, once people find it, they find the technique, they really appreciate it. Um, so the first thing I would say to do is to take it out of the box take a blade out of the package and place the blade into the clamp. Um, in the clamp, the blade's got to be facing upwards, which means that you see the shiny side. If you have it the other way, then it's going to rip apart your pencil and it's not actually going to sharpen Ooh. it. So I that's that... probably the main thing. The main tip is to make sure you got the blade the right way. Um, so the next sh- step, real quick, shiny side up, right? Yeah. Shiny okay. Side up. There's like that's... a little stripe on the bottom. Yep. Um, which has got to be facing upwards. I think that is my problem. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so is it then, facing upwards in the sharpener or when you have it in your hand with a little magnet? So if you can see the magnet, mm-hmm. if you have it, the magnet facing you, you want to put the blade on top of it and the shiny side is facing you. Okay, I have that. Good. Thank you. <laughs> That's all right. And then what I'd recommend doing is you put it down on the table the hovel, uh, the hovel's body, and then you strop in the clamp with the blade attached. You then take the little screw and you screw it through. And this means that you can keep your fingers clear of the blade when you're sharpening it, when you're tightening it in. That would mean the blade is the least at the least aggressive position. Hmm. Um, so if you wanted to start out on a pencil, um, you'd want to just hold your pencil out straight in your weaker hand, so I hold it in my left, 
And then in my right hand, I hold the hovel between my thumb and index finger. And at about a 30 degree angle, I just shave off layers. So hmm. you pull the, the plane over your, over your pencil and it should pick up um, graphite and wood. So maybe you can hear it in this. Mm -hmm. It's a good sound. That's the sort of sound you'd be looking for. And if you get that sound, then you know it's going well. Um, and then eventually what you can do is if you undo the screw a little bit, it means that you're able to move the blade up and down slightly. So then you can sort of play around with more aggressive cuts. Hmm. Um, so say you're starting out on a brand new pencil, you might want to make a big cut um, and then reduce the angle of the blade by undoing the screw again and pushing the blade back into place so that um, you can make a less aggressive, more careful, crafted cut to your pencil. Yeah. Noah, have you ever watched um, those videos of like competitive Japanese wood cleaning? Yeah, they're incredible. Yeah. We have you seen them. these, Johnny? <laughs> no, I've never seen these. So, you, check this out, you know, wood, woodworking is such a exacting craft in Japan that they have these uh, competitions of of guys with these really fine wood planers, and it's it's about like how they'll make a you know twelve fifteen foot long just like really thin layer of wood and they're measured by like how contiguous the the strip like the planing is and how thin the the layer is it's really amazing so sorry i interrupted yeah, <laughs> yeah no it's so cool yeah. um we've seen those videos as well and maybe we've got to make a really really long pencil and try it out <laughs> perfect the hobble one day. <laughs> i'm down for that yeah. yeah those videos are so cool because you have those two usually it's two guys that run alongside together and it's so amazing how um, how intertwined it all becomes with it. Yeah. Cool. So um, I'm trying to think. Um, I had a question for I think you covered it. Um, a lot of it was about the kind of like blade position and, you know, how how extended or retracted it was. And I, I think I really liked how you framed it. It, it really is like, you know, how aggressive of a cut this is, right? Like it's like, are you getting in there and just like really doing it? Or is this more of a subtle, um, you know, shaving off of thin layers of the pencil? Yeah. Just after you said that, I got a two inch long point on my general cedar point by making my blade less aggressive. Two inches long. Oh, awesome. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I have to you guys a picture. This is funny. Uh -huh. <laughs> it looks really cool. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. Um, no, do well, you guys have found that that um, the people using different sort of pencils um, can find it a bit difficult? So we'd also another tip I'd give is is that if you're starting out, try it not with your favorite pencils. Mm. Try it with a uh, pencil which um, which you don't mind ripping apart, maybe. Um, and uh, usually those pencils also have some harder harder woods. So rather than like a nice black one, which has some really soft cedar. Um, you probably want that on a lower setting. Whereas if you take a harder pencil, um, you can, you can be a bit more aggressive with it and, That's... uh, get, the, get the angle right. Have you ever used a, this on a Woolpex, Noah? No. What is that? <laughs> they, um, they're made by a Statler. I think you should be able to get them in the UK. Um, they are not actually made with wood, but of a, um, like a sawdust slash plastic composite. So it's, it's almost like a okay. plastic pencil. And, okay, uh, like MPF. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they are very heavy and very hard and Johnny really likes them and zero other people on earth like them. <laughs> I think they're like, I have like four allies in the group. Yeah, I think you do. <laughs> but I think in the UK oh. you can get them at the grocery store. Huh. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, uh, uh I feel like you could really screw up a blade using one of those, but that's just me. Well, that <laughs> yeah. Uh, are, are they called Wopex in the UK, Johnny? Um, I think they, they've recently changed them to being called the Norris Eco. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, the Norris. Yeah, yeah. I think I know which ones you mean. I didn't know they were made made with um yeah, with shavings or whatever it is. Yeah. But kind of bizarre, but Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's also great. That's also a great thing about the hovel that you can obviously use on any sort of pencil. If you've got a jumbo pencil, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah. Um still use them on that or even clutch pencils and wax pencils and I'd really be interested in trying this on a, um, like a triangular pencil or something like that. Something where that just has fewer sides. Um, Good call. Yeah. Or even like we found that um, that you can make Eiffel Tower sort of look. So like uh, I really like the um, the Faber Castell triangular pencils. The um, Mm. you know the ones with the grip. Those ones. Those are my favorite ones as a child um, because they're always the nicest ones that I'd have like in maths class. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we found that it works really well with them just because you can get a nice sort of pyramid Eiffel Tower-esque <laughs> point to it. An Eiffel Tower-esque point. I like yeah. that. <laughs> I like that a lot. So, um, so Joan, just, uh, just wrapping up, um, in as much as you can say, and maybe you can't, um, what does the future hold for Brahma design? Do you have any, any accessories or any, any siblings to the Hubble sharpener coming out that you can talk about? Um, yeah, so we've, um, can't give too much away. Um, but, uh, we're working on a few really exciting things, which I think you guys will be interested in. Hmm. Um, we're probably going to be launching a new Kickstarter in the next few months, um, which is going to be definitely of interest in these sort of, um, pencil drawing, writing circles. Hmm. Um, can't really say more than that. Uh, <laughs> I think we're, we're going to be. We're going to be continuing to work with, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with High Meadows Stationery. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so we've been uh, collaborating and we made some leather sheets for the hovel um, with them. Hmm. So we're going to be continuing to work with them this year because we really like their products. And um, I think they, they like the hovel too. Um, and then there's something else that's going to be happening, hopefully, but I really can't say much more about that. <laughs> Um, we'll find then but, no it's fine yeah you will find out though <laughs> at some point yeah well, luckily noah's an active member in the erasable group and um if you if you are all in there too you can you can find this out pretty easily um so yeah before yeah. we uh before we wrap up noah is there anything else you want to you want to mention that we did not um we did not discuss today so far if uh, any of you guys are interested in trying out a hovel uh, we have a discount code for all your Raceable listeners. So if you go through to our website, which is www.brahmandesign.com, which is B-R-A-H-M-A-N-D-E-S-I-G-N.com, um, click through, find a hovel. And when you go to purchase it, go on the discount code bit and enter Erasables 10 and you can get 10% off, off your order. Sweet. So that's cool i'll make sure to put a link to that in the show notes too so uh that's that's erase erasables 10 like with a like a plural 
Yes. Perfect. Yes. Cool. Um, no, where can where can people find uh, find you and Brahmin Design on on social media? So we're mostly active on Instagram. So check us out at Brahman Design. That's B R A H M A N D E S I G N. Um, we're on Facebook too. Um, so just search Brahman and you'll find us. Um, and online, you can find our website also at www.brahmandesign.com. Very cool. Um, and through these sort of three things, we'll be releasing more news and um, answering any questions you guys might have. Um, Fantastic. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us today. I know this is right at, toward the end of your of your workday. So thanks for making the time to hang out with us. You're, you're very welcome. Um, yeah. It was really good to, to speak to you guys. It was cool to, well, yeah. talk to you guys properly rather than just hearing you guys' voice. <laughs> um, <and> <laughs> just online. Yeah. 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 And Johnny, where can where can people find you on, on the internet? Having me. Uh, and I hope you guys continue to use your hobble oh. and eventually create some more sort of Eiffel Tower-esque points. <laughs> Eiffel Tower. I, I love that. I mean, Johnny just posted a picture of his um, his uh, pencil. Um, or at least he he sent it to me. You should send this to Noah too, maybe, and put it in the. Yeah. the it does. It does kind of look Eiffel Tower-esque. So. <laughs> yeah. cool. Um. I'll, I'll send you a picture of my um, my triangle. My triangular point. Oh yeah, triangular <laughs> love point to see too. that. Awesome. And Johnny, where can people find you on um, on the internet? Um, you could find me on um, pencilrevolution.com and on social media at pencilution. Awesome. And I'm Andy Wellfley. I'm on um, um, Twitter and Instagram as at a Wellfley. Um, and then uh, woodclinch.com is my my blog that I never update. So uh, this is the Erasable Podcast. Uh, we are on the web at erasable.us. Uh, this has been episode 111. So you can find show notes and a recording and other information at erasable.us slash 111. Um, you can find our Facebook group at uh, facebook.com slash groups slash erasable. Um, we're about 2,500 members strong. Really great conversation happening there, um, especially because we have voices of makers like Noah and a, a few others that um, love kind of jumping in and talking to the community. Um, you can get us on Twitter and Instagram as at erasable podcast. And if you have a moment, please uh, take some take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes. Um, that really helps us be discovered by more people. Uh, thank you once again to um, In Defense of Paper for sponsoring this week's episode. Uh, save $5 um, by going to uh, indefensivepaper.com slash erasable uh, and use the offer code erasable. And then also thanks once again to Noah, to Brahma Design for talking about the Hubble Sharpener today. So I'm definitely going to work on my, my Eiffel Tower points from now on. So Oh, yeah, me too. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, everybody have a, um, have a good couple weeks, and we will see you next time. Turn it off.